Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm talking about Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, and I have a guest with me for this one. Why don't you introduce yourself? It's me, the Zelda nerd, uh, Heffy. Hello. And, yeah, that's about it. I was like, hey, do you want to talk about Age of Calamity on the podcast? And she was like, hmm. And now here we are. <laughs> that exact noise. You didn't hear it, but I made it at the time. So, I was just kind of at work one day on my break, and I just noticed Age of Calamity announcement. I was like, what? The Hyrule Warriors again? Yeah, it's, it was... Nintendo's been stealth-dropping a lot of things lately, and it seems to be the most re- recent case. You know what? We're too good for directs. Our partners can have the directs. We're just gonna throw games out there and see if they notice. I I don't know if it's a COVID thing or what. Like, I don't know why they stopped announcing them beforehand, but... I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like it's it's like a, a respectable sort of audaciousness, audacity... Is this like, yeah. Audacity. <laughs> yeah, here's a new Paper Mario game. Deal with it. <laughs> and now here's Hyrule Warriors that incorporates Breath of the Wild stuff. Deal with it. Well, I figured that at least was a ma- only a matter of time, because Hyrule Warriors was successful, and Breath of the Wild was enormous for the Zelda series, so they had to fit that in together. I was always a little bummed that they didn't have, like, any patches for the definitive version of it beyond Link and Zelda's costume changes or something like that. I was surprised they didn't, yeah. Like, I don't think it would have been, like, a huge issue, maybe. When when was that? When did the last definitive edition come out? I don't remember exactly, but it was on the Switch... And Breath of the Wild was a Switch launch title. And, um, had to have been at least a year after Breath of the Wild, right? Maybe? I don't quite remember. But then again, it, it, was, it was probably just simpler to port the game as it was, with all the DLC baked into it instead of... And, like, to add new costumes... Con- comparing to adding another new campaign and more characters. Yeah, it was it just ended up being um your typical switch port, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that's necessarily a bad thing, but but now it's a brand new one, but this time it kind of has the opposite problem where it's just all Breath of the Wild stuff and uh, not a lot of any of the other stuff. And um yeah, PT and I kind of share similar opinions about this issue with the Zelda series at the moment. Where it's basically Breath of the Wild and not Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And, like, this is the best-selling ah, words, the best-selling Zelda game of all time. It attracted a ton of people who had never even played a Zelda or barely even heard of Zelda for some, in some cases, I'm sure. And, um, I like, I get it, but at the same time, this is a very, very old series with, you know, long as legacy, a ton of fans, and it, it's, it's odd. 
to just, you know, kind of slice it up into two chunks like that, the series. Yeah, I feel like this would be a good opportunity to weld the two together a bit, even if it's as simple as porting over some of the characters from the other game into some kind of non-canon side mode or anything. I, I would settle for that, even. Yeah, it would definitely have to be uh, non-canon for reasons we will get into shortly, I'm sure. No, no. But, T- um... Tingle was there in Breath of the Wild, you just didn't see him. <laughs> He's hiding. That mischievous little fairy. Yeah, anyway, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, I think most people who care already know what the deal is, but just because I'm that kind of person, I'll just say it's a prequel to Breath of the Wild, but in the style of Hyrule Warriors slash Warriors in general, and it takes the storyline of the different flashbacks and stuff and makes that the focus, where now we get to see Link and the other champions in action while Hyrule was going to pot. Yeah, and um, given that, we know it's not going to have a happy ending. (laughs) Probably not. Which is kind of weird for a big-budget Nintendo game, like, especially when we know this beforehand. It could be an AU. We don't know yet, I don't think. (laughs) I I was just imagining some kind of slideshow or something, where it's like, and then Link got out of his coma... And then he messed around on the Great Plateau for a while, and then he finally challenged Ganon and the Divine Beasts. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, just, like, to ease the wound a bit. I am very interested in seeing the different champions in action, and seeing why they themselves are the champions, because if they're supposed to be equals to Link in some way, then... And we have that one flashback where Link was just slaughtered monsters left and right off screen. Um, yeah, we've only gotten hints in Breath of the Wild and its DLC. Including the DLC specifically based around the champions. (laughs) But, yeah, this is our first time playing as in 2, which is actually pretty exciting. Yeah, give me my boy Ravioli. (laughs) Falco. So I don't know how canon this is going to be exactly. I just know that Eiji Aonuma approached Koei Tecmo and was like, hey, I've got an idea for a game. I I think the fact that Aonuma and the core Zelda team at Nintendo EAD are so closely involved is really interesting to me. And it gives me the impression... I should say outright that I was not the biggest fan of Hyrule Warriors, but... The fact that those that team is so closely evolved here does entice me a bit more, personally. I really liked Hyrule Warriors more for its homage to the series as a whole. Like, the gameplay was fine, but I couldn't really get too far into Hyrule Warriors Legends, and I, I didn't really want to buy the game a third time. I felt I was a little punished for buying the Wii U version. Even if it did give me all the characters, at least. Well, that has been the fate of every Wii U owner at this point. 
to this day, I still haven't bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, even if it has dry bones in it. Dry bones and, and Splatoon. Come on, you know you want it. But, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, um, the fan service was amazing. The way they intertwined, they were able to intertwine all those different games from diff- with different aesthetics in the different points of the timeline and all that, and I thought that was really neat. But um, gameplay kind of bored me to tears. <laughs> and looking at the trailers for this, it seems to be in a much a very similar vein. Vain, vain words. Um, just you know, kind of facing big, big armies, pressing the buttons a lot, and the armies go away. That's that's kind of the very blunt impression I have of Hyper Warriors and Warriors types games in general. Yeah, it's mostly about from what I've seen the the style and the pomp and circumstance of a one-man army going against entire legions, and I I can definitely see why people would like that kind of thing, the same way some people like Super Smash Bros. Melee every day, but it wasn't really the kind of thing I could play more than, say, once per game. Like, I'll probably pick up Persona 5 Scramble, but I don't know if I would play that multiple times just like I wasn't really able to play Hyrule Warriors multiple times. Even ignoring the characters, they had a lot of cool things, like they incorporated Zelda items to go along with the Warriors gameplay to lend a little more to the homage to Zelda. Yeah, that was very fun. They were also effective against different giant bosses, Anytime Goma appeared, that was when you're supposed to use the arrow sub-weapon. And it was also really good for giving attention to some of the lesser exposed games and objects. Like, Zelda could use the Dominion Rod for one of her weapons, or how they eventually put Marin as a playable character. Yeah, they ended up reaching really deep when it came to the DLC, and I think... All of us were pretty shocked with what they ended up with. Like, okay, Wind Waker, yeah, that was going to happen eventually. Majora's Mask, yeah, that makes sense. Marin, what does she do? And it was awesome, but it was like, what? Yeah, it was a little groan-inducing for me that it was like, oh, of course, they just stick to those three games. But they branched out eventually, and the game was all the better for it, I think. And it's gotten to the point where back when I didn't appreciate Breath of the Wild as much, but sometimes even then, I would say that Hyrule Warriors feels more like a Zelda game than Breath of the Wild does. Ooh, you're, um... In some ways, you're not wrong. So it's a little funny that now there's a Hyrule Warriors that's almost entirely Breath of the Wild, just to kind of rub my face in the dirt a little more. Yeah, we are... PT and I, we both like Breath of the Wild. I do a fair bit, but, um... We're both Zelda traditionalists at heart, I think, because, you know, we grew up with the series, and we are a little bit sad to, you know, see it drift away from its identity in some ways. It's kind of weird, because Breath of the Wild takes takes cues from the original game, so in, in some ways it's the traditional one, but 
Yeah, we're generally talking about all the conventions they added over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after Skyward, it was kind of clear the series needed some kind of, you know, new perspective, but... I felt like A Link Between Worlds did a good job with it. Yeah. And um, that game was explicitly set in um, a specific version of Hyrule from a specific game with that specific game's framework, and I feel like they are thinking more about, you know, a gameplay perspective. And Link Between Worlds did have, you know, the wall thing and the uh, the kind of open-world aspects with, like, choosing whichever dungeon. But um, I think they wanted to, you know, shake things up more at the core because of how, you know, how Skyward was received. And I get that. And I think they did a great job. But we want some of the things back that we love about the series that weren't as noticeable in Breath of the Wild. To be honest, I was never one of the ones complaining about Skyward Sword. In fact, I'm probably one of the only ones who was never complaining about that game. So I just kind of feel like a double whammy is like, wow, I like that game and I don't get any more. Cool. Thanks, Nintendo. Uh, But I like earlier this year, I came around on Breath of the Wild. I played through it again. And uh, this time I had more of an idea of what to expect. I was willing to play by the game's rules more. And I had a lot more fun with it until I fought Ganon and then hated everything. But it's got to the point where I'd be open to replaying the game again someday, and I thought, well, okay, that's a better note to leave it on. I'm a lot less anxious about the sequel now. Yeah. Really, the one thing I want is dungeons, most of all. Like, real Zelda dungeons. I feel like most people who have a complaint about Breath of the Wild, it's that. Yeah, that is that is true. Like... The dungeons, quote-unquote, that we got, I don't think anyone was very, really that impressed with them. When the series has such a huge legacy of just going all out, most of all, in their dungeons, more than anywhere else in the game. In terms of, you know, gameplay, like atmosphere. The dungeons actually got better, even if the gameplay that accompanied them was questionable before Breath of the Wild happened, because... Skyward Sword had pretty good dungeons. I'll fight for that one. I, I'm i not the biggest Skyward fan, but it had some great dungeons. Oh my god. The uh, the Ancient Cistern comes to mind immediately, and uh, the Sand Ship was really cool. There's a lot of really fun, well-implemented ideas that definitely uplifted the game from its shortcomings for me. If we can get it back to Warriors a little bit here, is that this would be a good opportunity to kind of merge Breath of the Wild with the rest of the series a little bit. If they could maybe give us more of the monsters that were missing from Breath of the Wild, even if they could... like The game is going to take Breath of the Wild's art style, but I don't think it would be too hard to reskin or... like port over and reshade or whatever it is you do some monsters from the definitive Hyrule Warriors but then again we've we've had a talk with our good friend James during some of your streams about how hard it is to get models to actually work properly in ported games yeah but um 
Now that you mention that about the enemies, I can kind of see that happening, especially since Breath of the Wild 2 is in production. And it's not unlikely that they'll be bringing back more traditional Zelda enemies. So this might be a good chance, this um, Warriors game, to, you know, soft introduce some of those new slash old enemies. Yeah, that'd be neat. Everything I've seen in the Age of Calamity trailers is just, here's a bunch of boat goblins. Including yeah. including the very cursed upscaled Bokoblin bottle. It's 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 just a it's just a Bokoblin, but it's bigger. That that's it. It looks it acts exactly the same. I don't like looking at it. It's like when they went through that phase in Mario games when they just like to make the normal enemies really, really big. Like Goombas and such. Oh, you mean Mario Odyssey? No, that was like New Super Mario Brothers, that oh. that era, you know? But, well, they've always had giant Mario enemies. They had giant land, if you remember. Yeah, that's true. But, like, it's just it's just funny to me to see it in a Zelda context. They they still have Moblins in there, so I don't know what the giant Bokoblins are for, other than, oops, we don't have a lot of enemies. I think that's exactly what it's for, <laughs> if I have to be blunt. Um, yeah, the enemy variety is another big complaint we and many people have about Breath of the Wild. I feel like every Breath of the Wild enemy has appeared in an Age of Calamity trailer to some degree. Uh, or at least most of them have, because I saw a Talus somewhere. I saw Wizrobe in another trailer. Uh-huh. And there were yeah. Lizalfos somewhere in there. Yeah. Bokos, Moblins, Lizals, those are the big three. Um, Wizrobes, Talus. Uh, <laughs> I'm already drawing a blank on what others are there are. Uh, Hinox, those are kind of like mini-bosses. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah, Lionels, oh, yeah. There, of course. There, was a line. there was footage of Zelda using stasis on a Lionel in gameplay. Yeah, that was actually the shot that was like, okay, I don't like Warriors that much, but... I think I'm interested. <laughs> Just that one shot. It's too cool and exciting. I don't know if that's Zelda's moveset or not, though, because there was footage of Link using a bomb rune. So I'm thinking the Sheikah Slate in general might be kind of like the sub-weapon that everyone has in common. But maybe everyone has their own rune? I don't I don't know how that works. I, that's just a guess. Like maybe. I mean, that makes sense, kind of. I mean, why just give it to Link if they're all the champions and going to save the day? So, characters, I guess. There's the usual suspects. There's Link, there's the champions, and I guess there's also Zelda. And there is also young Impa. Yeah, um, when it comes to, you know, new characters that could be incorporated from Breath of the Wild... Their options obviously were limited because this is, you know, a prequel. But Impa is really, 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 really f***ing old in Breath of the Wild. So, and it's been confirmed that, you know, she had a hand in that incident in that game. So I was wholly expecting her. and But I was not expecting her to look exactly like Paya. <laughs> like to a T almost. It's a very common trope is to use 
an identical character design as someone's ancestor or descendant to depict them in a different generation. Kind of like I mean, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, Otacon's dad is just Otacon in a wheelchair. <laughs> as someone who does not know Metal Gear that well, that's really funny to me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it works. It's It's just, yeah... It was surprising. I didn't really notice that she was Paya until you pointed out to me, because... Oh, okay. Paya's in a blind spot, because I didn't do a lot of the Kakariko Village quests in Breath of the Wild. Oh, So I didn't talk to her very often. Yeah. She's a fan favorite, though. I know that much, at least. And I think young Impa acts very similarly to her, very clumsy and cutesy because they already have Urbosa to fill in the role of the tough, stern, matronly person that Zelda can look up to. There's also a little egg-shaped baby guardian. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, yeah, the BB-8 slash R2-D2 of Zelda, I can only assume. I mean, if we, if we get to play as a guardian, uh, I'd be okay with that. That'd be amazing. I mean... This is the point where, like, the Guardians start turning on everyone, but it's possible that, you know, enough of them retain... One survived. (laughs) The one. It's him, the little boy. Uh, oh, in another trailer, there was Baby Sidon in a cutscene. Well, personally, I'd riot if Baby Sidon wasn't there. Because he was the best part of the DLC. (laughs) I need Baby Sidon to be playable. I, I, I wouldn't mind. I, I would settle for regular Sidon, but <laughs> oh, that's a thing. They could do some kind of weird, non-canonical time travel thing and get the modern equivalents of the champions. They could, but I feel like something that's actually a bit more likely might be, you know, new OCs uh, that bear some resemblance to the uh, the modern characters. Like, a not Sidon, a not um, the Rito that helps you out, the white Rito. Tiba. Tiba, I don't remember everyone else's name. Tiba, Yunobo, Riju, and Sidon. And Yunobo. Uh, I hope we don't get any Yunobo lookalike, because he was the worst one of those four. I don't know what they would do to be different from the champions, though, because the whole point is that they're the champions, but modern, and three of them have the same voice actors, even, at least in the English version. Wait, so who's the one that doesn't have the same voice? Sidon, because Mipha's... Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. He's baby. I don't really want there to be OCs. I'll be honest, I didn't like the OCs in Hyrule Warriors. They they didn't offend me, but I was like, well, I don't care about you. I care about the characters I already know about. It was... I get why they did it, because the main framework is, like, a different Hyrule. And and they're going through, like, these past Hyrules. And um, so I guess they needed some... I mean, I don't think there's a way they could have, like, used existing Zelda characters when they're that attached to, like, the timeline. Well, I would have just written and, a different plot then. That's fair. 
the OCs did get really weird, like uh, the one girl simping really, really hard for Link. Asia, <laughs> the villain. Yeah. Um, some of them had in- interesting designs, like uh, the one who's just, you know, the post-seller from Ocarina. At the very least, all of the OCs were in some way reminiscent of actual Zelda characters, so I didn't mind them too much, but it's still... Mm-hmm. It still reminds me of when I played Mario Golf as a kid, and there were these random humans there. <laughs> I was like, who are you? I don't know about you, but I love Plum. I'll stay in her. Look, okay, um, Plum can stay. Everyone else, get get lost. Maple? Pink gold Plum. Let's go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You're not wrong. Let, let's get pink gold Rivali in Hyrule Warriors. Could happen. It'll, it'll be the um, like the gotcha system for the game. We'll just get different holiday <laughs> like what they're doing to Mario Kart now. Yeah, we'll, be, yeah. we'll get different holiday versions of the champions. That'll that'll be the extra roster <laughs> because they don't have any more Breath of the Wild characters just to work with. We'll get bus driver Rivali. We'll get Dry Daruk. We'll get Luau Mifa. We'll get New Year's Doctor Fire Sidon and. Uh, uh, I, I ran out of alternates for Link. <laughs> he used them all up in Smash Brothers. We, we just have to think harder. Think about every holiday possible that we can sham, sham shove in. Gr- Groundhog Day Link, okay. There we go. So we had a we had a point to this discussion, but I don't remember what it is now. Oh, did we? Uh, uh, Hyrule Warriors, uh... Breath of the Wild, uh, like OCs, yeah, uh, characters. Yeah, I, I, I just really <clears throat> want them to add the characters from Definitive Edition, even if it's non-canon, even if it's some kind of expansion pass that you have to pay for. I'll do it. Just put them all in the same game together and prove to me that Zelda can be one big happy family and not Breath of the Wild versus not Breath of the Wild. I do think that'd be really nice, yeah. Even if it's just, you know, like a side mode or something. Especially for those of us who, like, only got the Wii U version and missed all the other DLC and the later versions. Failing that, give us playable Beetle. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Maybe, like, Beetle's Ancestor or something, but that's another OC, so... Beetle has become a surprisingly recurrent character. He's kind of overtaking Tingle a little bit. It's it's really funny, yeah, like, ever since he came back in Skyward Sword randomly, and, um, oh. what else has he shown up in? <laughs> My nemesis, Beetle. Um, he's been in Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild, of course, Wind Waker, obviously. Like, the, what else? The Wind Waker-type games, he's been in, like, the sequels to that one. Oh, yeah, it's true, also yeah. also Minish Cat. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. It is it, it's, it is an interesting choice for like someone to revisit that often. Yeah, they, they didn't they didn't bring back the bomb shop guy ever. Not not <laughs> they didn't bring back Anju or the the old lady in the wheelchair who sells potions. <laughs> oh, tortoise. They didn't bring in Ned from the fishing hole. He has a name? No, that's just what Attacking Toucans calls him. 
I believed you, though. You're, like, the hyper-Zelda nerd. I'm just, like, the basic one, so... Ned, that's such a basic name for a Zelda character. It would, it would be named, like, Ergo or something. <laughs> Ergo. Argonorox. Oh, that would be the boss of the fishing hole. Yeah, that sounds like a boss. I do wonder what they're going to do for bosses in the game, unless it really is just going to be Taluses and Henoxes and Guardians over and over, and Lynels. Uh, probably the, uh, the different... Ganon forms from Breath of the Wild. You know, the fire one, the wind one, etc. So we can lose to all of them with each champion? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they don't have a lot in terms of, you know, classic Zelda big monster bosses, which is unfortunate. I'm looking at the game's TV tropes page now, and I'm trying to see what other points of interest there are, and they they are bringing some of the gameplay, like the Flurry Rush, is in there somewhere. I imagine the gameplay will be largely of the same mold. Well, they they kind of added some things as Hyrule Warriors itself went on, like how Legends added the ability to swap between playable characters in different areas of the map. Oh. Okay, see, I only played the Wii U version, so there's a lot I don't know about Warriors... I, I didn't play the Switch version, so I don't know what was different there, but when I played uh, Fire Emblem Warriors for the Switch very briefly, I noticed that they retained the player warp Switch whatever from Hyrule Warriors Legend, so I imagine that's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um... It's possible they'll have, like, the big thing with Birth of the Wild, like, they didn't have all the, you know... The classic items like the boomerang and the bow and such. So, well, they had bows, obviously, but the boomerang was just um, a melee weapon, like anything else. It wasn't. Yeah, like they they had some of those items, but like they weren't, you know, item items. They were weapons you found out in the wild or bought or whatever. And um, I feel like that's something they'll try to incorporate because that's a very Breath of the Wild thing, like. The weapon swapping. I wouldn't be surprised if there were OC runes. OC runes? You know, inventing a rune that wasn't in Breath of the Wild, like, oh, here's oh. a grappling rune or something. Because you're you're not you're not climbing as much in this game, I don't think, so they would probably give you like a rune that's based off a of hookshot or something. I fully expect that, but <laughs> I was just taking it back and he said OC. But you're not wrong. So, uh... I don't know. The The whole concept of the game, though, I think, is a really, really smart move creatively to not only depict a part of the game that didn't get a lot of exposure, but to do it in the style of a game series that's known for that kind of thing. It's just really smartly thought out there. It really is kind of a perfect fit, and um, it almost makes you think that, like, maybe they planned this out from the start. That's a joke, but, like, it also just makes too much sense, like, for this, this particular mesh. There was a meme someone made about a time traveler who says, oh yeah, Breath of the Wild is my favorite trilogy, and now it kind of is one. 
Um, yeah, you're right. Oh my god. And this will obviously be the first one people play when they go back to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get the game, sure. I already pre-ordered it. I'll have to wait and see what it does to mix up the gameplay, because that's the big sticking point for me. But I will definitely be watching it, if not, if not playing it, because I'm very interested in the story elements. Like, the story trailer they released did get me a lot more interested than the, uh, the initial one did. I have three out of four champion amiibos, so I'm... I'm definitely attached to the champions enough to want to play as them. They are probably some of the more interesting characters to come out of the series in a while. Yeah, they're they're likable and distinct, and you want to see more of them, which is why it was disappointing when we didn't in the, in the game and its DLC, and part of why it's so exciting to see them again here. Well, you, you saw more of them in the DLC, but it was just more flashbacks. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, beyond that. I don't know what they could do. Like, they were dead for a century. Yeah, that's that's true. Ghost <laughs> Mifa following you around? <laughs> they had them as ghosts for, like, oh, a little yeah, bit. Did. After you beat the Divine Beasts. Well, if they, could, if they could, like, go around and do stuff, what's the point of them being dead? Yeah, that's true, but, like, it's it's not disappointing, is, is that's not the right word. Just, like, kind of, I wish there was more, you know? So, that's that's a good aspect of this upcoming game. Yeah, I'm definitely keeping my eye on it, and expecting to pay a pretty penny for DLC down the line. Uh, <laughs> makes you wonder what they'll do for that. Because, I mean, we're already struggling to think of, you know, other characters they could implement. Well, that's that's why I'm hoping they'll look to Hyrule Definitive Edition and just port the characters from that willy-nilly. Don't even make it canon if you don't want to. Just give us a sandbox mode. You know what? You know what? I have an idea. They, like, try to summon, like, the goats or the essences of heroes past or whatever. There you go. It's perfect. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Also, I thought you said goats for a second. They uh, they summon the goats from um, Twilight Princess. Goat in. Yeah, that's that's what it says when you usher them into the key. Take it over. <laughs> and then, if you get really lucky, you get the boss from Majora's Mask. <laughs> but only Daruk can fight him. So, I think that's most of what we can say about a game that isn't out yet and doesn't have a lot of information Still 36 minutes worth of discussion. Before so. editing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, before editing. Um, but there's, there is a lot to unpack, and I think we did most of that. Yeah. If not Timely all. Timely talking about it several weeks after it's already confirmed to exist. Has it already been that long? Uh, maybe, maybe a couple weeks. Okay, that sounds better. Just been really slow on the podcast due to burnout, and there's been new games being announced, so it's like, okay, I should probably talk about these while I can still pretend to have an audience. So, uh, that'll about do it for this episode. Uh, thank you for joining me. Is, uh, there anything you want to throw in at the last second? Uh, pre-order now, and you can get the ladle weapon for Link. Oh yeah, but, uh, that, that's a digital pre-order. But then if you, digital, right? If you, if you pre-order digital, though, you don't get to see that sweet box art. Hmm. 
you have to choose wisely. Have you seen the box art? It's amazing. It is very nice box art. Probably some of the best in the Zelda series. I will say that up front. You want the box art or you want to thwack Guardians with the ladle? Well, here's the thing. You can look at the box art online. You can even print it out if you want to. But the ladle... They'll probably patch in the ladle eventually to all versions. (laughs) To to slap people in the face who pre-ordered for it? I think not. Nintendo's no stranger to slapping loyalty in the face. Remember Hyrule Warriors 1? Uh Also, I heard if you have Breath of the Wild saved at a... You'll get a wooden sword and shield alternates for Link. And I'm thinking, wooden? (laughs) Interesting choice, I saved Hyrule for you back in March, and you're giving me wooden swords? (laughs) End of the episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, See you on the next one. Bye. Listen to BitCast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.